This is the Business in Babylon podcast, the show where we struggle with how to run a godly business in the center of our fallen world. I'm your host, Joe Petruzzi. Let's get right into it. Hey guys, Joe here, and this is episode two. Today we're going to be talking about how money is extremely unimportant in the grand scheme of things and why we put such an unnecessary weight on it in our society and how it may be leading you to disaster. So let's dive right in. So I want to start off by, you know, going through the definition of money. You know, what what is money, right? I think a lot of us don't even really sit back and, and think about that. So money is simply just, you know, an exchange of value and, and typically it's used in currency. That's how we're um, you know, obviously defining it with what we're talking about. So again, if you provide some sort of value, someone can pay you that money to receive that value. So example, right? You have a, a car and the car breaks down and you need someone who has 10, 15 years of experience to be able to fix that. You're certainly not going to do it because that would take a lot of time for you to learn that thing. So if you want it quickly and instantly, you can go to auto mechanic and they'll do it because they already have the experience and the value that you're going to give them for that. You know, obviously in exchange for the value they give you is going to be the money in return. So I think we all understand that. And again, because of this definition of money, you know, we realize it's very crucial in how we live our lives because we essentially use it for everything. You know, it's every aspect of our life we're paying for something. Usually it's to get things quicker, easier, better, faster, smarter, you know, whatever it is in some way than we can do by ourselves, right? So even like when we take have takeout for food, right? I can go cook a meal. I can even cook a really good meal, but I have to know a lot about cooking and I have to know a lot about, you know, assembling things in a good way or I have to be like as good as Gordon Ramsay, right? Or I could just go to a place that already does it all day. And all I have to do is pay them 30 bucks, right? Like it's just, so that's just the exchange of value. So it's, so money's, money's crazy because um, it really is in all aspects of our lives. And so, you know, what do we use it for usually? What's the big three pillars? So the first thing is going to be our basics, right? So we've got the food we eat, the, and also, you know, the, the beverages we drink, right? The food and water, um, where we live, right? To use for housing. So if you rent an apartment or, or a house. And then, so that's kind of our basic needs. Then we have the extras. This is more of like, all right, maybe I'm getting fancier food or maybe... I I decide to do to go on a vacation or I decide to do something really fun like a date night with my wife something like that right it's not something everyone necessarily needs to do right um, says the wife thing obviously I, <laughs> I recommend you do that but um, again extra things we don't technically need but we we use it for that as well because it gives us value and finally and this is something maybe some people wouldn't agree with me on is security right I, I think a lot of us we look at our bank accounts or we look at how much money we have or how much we have invested. And we look at it as security. So let's say, oh yeah, I've got 30000 in my bank account and my living expenses are $2,000 a month. You know, if I didn't make any money for a little while, I'd be fine, right? I can make no money for quite a while and I would, I'd be able to afford that, right? So the security um, you know, aspect in our minds, it really likes having a lot of money naturally because we just know if something happens, I can feel secure in that money. That, that money is a, you know, a place of refuge for me, if you will. So... Then you ask the question, you know, when your bank account goes low, why does it affect us so much? Why, like, you know, let's say you had that 30 grand in the bank account and then the IRS came by and said, hey, I need all your taxes right now. There was some crazy stuff you didn't, you know, you didn't pay last year. So we added it up. You owe us $25,000. Well, that is going to put a dent, right, mentally in you because you're going to say, well, I have 30 grand. That's my security. But now 25 is going to be taken away now. So... I only have five, and again, I could, as long as I make money, I'll be okay. But if I have a bad month, or if I can't, you know, pay, I pay my employees and all that stuff, I'm only looking at two months here of runway, right? So, and you start to think down that road of if it goes wrong, 
you're going to have some worry and anxiety, right? So you're going to be worried about, number one, can I still go out and, and eat dinner with, with my family? Can I still provide for my family? And at the end of the day, do, can I have a place um, to live in and can I eat and can I drink? Right? That's, that's what it all boils down to at the end of the day. Even after those, those other things can come off, you can sell things, but you want to make sure you have enough money to live, right? That's, that's the bottom line. So we have a lot of worry and anxiety when the bank account goes low, I think, because we always look toward that. Are my basic needs going to be covered? And in response to this, I do want to kind of, first off, just talk about, you know, kind of what worry is. I think a lot of us might, might think it's the same thing as fear. So worry is a response to a predicted outcome that hasn't happened yet. Think about that for a second. It hasn't happened yet, but because I think it might happen based on the inputs I have now, I am going to have a certain level of like kind of fear or emotion in my head that's going to also negatively affect the rest of my day, right? And I'm, it's, an, it's an unhealthy, um, you know, kind of feeling I have. So it hasn't even happened yet, right? Now, fear, fear is the response to something that has happened, right? That, that's a tangible thing. That's, oh, I see something scary. Oh, man, I'm, that's, there's some fear. But worry, it's unpredicted outcomes. So I think the, the words of Jesus, and, I, and I'm going to say this it's from Matthew 26, uh, 26 beautifully, beautifully said, um, as always, I really can kind of show you guys what the Bible wants to tell us about worry, what God wants us to do with worry, and also how we can overcome that anxiety through the, the power of God. So Matthew 6, 26 uh, to 27, consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? So before we dive too deep into this, like guys, first of all, just it's so beautiful because it has the, it has two kind of sections to it. The first thing is, aren't you worth more? Than, than the birds of the sky. They don't even sow or reap, right? They, they don't even add value. They're, they're just, they're living, you know, in the world. They're eating, they're, they're taking care of the young. That's all they do. They don't even sow or reap or add extra value as humans do. And yet your heavenly father still feeds them, right? That's beautiful because obviously we sow or reap. We do sow and reap and, and we are worth more than they. And yet here we are worried about our basic needs. And that worry isn't, and then here's the second part, the worry doesn't even do, like by me worrying, I'm not gonna make, more money in two weeks to cover the IRS bill. I'm not going to tangibly or physically do anything. I can't even add a moment to my life by worrying. It's all in my head, right? So it, it just it's this futile thing in the first place, and that's why we want to get rid of that worry as soon as possible and have these great reminders from God about why we we don't need to worry, right? We're not we're not God. We're not micromanaging the universe. We're a human, and we're we're living we're living through the world. Um, trying to follow God, right? So we, we have no need to worry. And the other thing, this is, this is later in Matthew, Matthew 6.31, this is on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, another beautiful thing said to extend on this is in our basic needs. So listen to this, Matthew 6.31. So don't worry saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. So now, again, at the end there, and all these things will be provided for you. So what things? What is this, right? Well, it seems from the text, what things are basic needs, right? So don't worry saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Don't worry about that. Your father in heaven knows that you need them. And by seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, all these things will be provided to you. So guys, 
we get a guarantee that our basic needs are going to be provided if we seek the kingdom of God first. And I wouldn't even take that, because again, that, that's, that's a literal guarantee. But we all know there are people that, just, again, and, and it might be you listening right now, people that are not seeking God first right now. And God still gives common grace to all those people as well. I mean, he loves the whole world. God so loved the world <laughs> that he gave his only son. So again, this is still, on, on top of the normal grace we get, we're actually given a guarantee that our basic needs are covered. And that's just beautiful because not only do, should we not worry, but why wouldn't we worry? Why don't we worry? Not just because we physically can't do anything about it tangibly, but also don't worry because your father's got you, right? Your father in heaven already knows, right? He's God. What, what do you think he doesn't know that you need all that stuff? He's going to take care of you, right? So just wonderful, wonderful words. And again, so if God will always provide our basic needs, right? That's good. So then why do we grip onto our dollars so tightly when it's time to give an offering, help others, or, or anything else that, that's selfless, right? And I, I want to say this too, because again, this is anything I'm saying here, guys, I'm not saying I don't, I struggle with all these things, every single thing I'm talking about. Um, and again, I, I try to regularly, not only tithe, but I also can regularly give like offerings and stuff, um, you know, to where, to where I can, I try to look for those opportunities to donate. And I still have this feeling, right? Like if, if I, if I give that money away, what happens now, right? Am I going to be taken care of? It still hits me. And I think what happens is it's, it's from anyone from either Christians or even people that are, are not Christian and don't believe in Jesus and anything like that. The core thing at the bottom of it is that our hearts are of this world. And I think even though, even the believers in God, who again, they're trying to seek God's kingdom first, we still struggle with sin. And our hearts just at times can still be of this world. So I, I want to also, uh, still Matthew, so <laughs> we're going to use a lot of Matthew today. Uh, Matthew six nineteen. This is a great, um, this is just a great way to say, what it, again, like everything I've been trying to sum up in the last couple of sentences, this is just, it could not have been said better by Jesus. So let's, let's listen to Jesus, right? <laughs> so Matthew six nineteen. don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So first off, just let's break this down. It's so well said because Jesus uses the, and he does this a lot. He uses this parallel where he says, don't do this, and then shows you what happens, right? So if you store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, so basically, you know, we're, we're, it can be taken away, right? If, if you have a car, you know, as, as the more literal sense, right? My, my car rusts and it goes away, but it's a physical thing, right? It can be get, just torn up, destroyed. It is not eternal. And then also where thieves break in and steal. So even on the money end, right? So let's say you have money. Well, the thief, I think a lot of us can consider the IRS a thief. <laughs> but uh, if you don't go that far with me here, you, get, you can understand, right? Money can go away very quickly without us even seeing or, you know, expecting it. That's, we, we can't put ourselves in, you know, um, we can't put ourselves so deep into these things of the world because they so easily are destroyed or, or you know, torn away from us. But, and then here's the other parallel, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, right? These are eternal treasures. To, to invest in heaven by what you do on, the, on earth, they can't be taken away from you. Those investments will never, that's a guarantee we get from Jesus. They'll never be taken away. Thieves do not break in and steal those, right? And then we close off with, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I, I don't, again, this, I don't think this means make sure you're poor 100% of the time, right? So don't, don't you know, 
don't spend any money on anything on the on planet Earth. Spend only, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I think that's an extremist view. Um, but I do think it means we have to make our motives loving God at all times. And that's, again, given the context of this passage, that's what Jesus is trying to say uh, in this verse. Put our motive on loving God at all times. So to kind of, you know, like continue this idea, you know, let's just put two, two examples together here. So let's say, you know, I have my love on the world, right? Let's say I'm, a, I'm a, like an average business owner. Let's say I'm making like 1 million a year and I love the world, right? I don't have all my ducks in a row and I do not love God first. I'm probably going to spend all my money on acquiring treasures like cars, watches, fancy houses, all that stuff because my love is for the world, right? So if I, if I have all my heart in the world, I have to play by the world's rules. So the world's rules is, well, what society tells us, right? What, what is success? Success will bring you happiness. That is what your happiness is going to be, right? In the world, it's going to be getting all these things, you know, financial success, you know, doing what's right for you and, and very selfish activities. That's what I'm going to strive for. On the other one, on the, on the other hand, example, if my happiness only resides in Jesus Christ because, as first because Jesus is the only path to God who I know for any human is the only way to actually get happiness, which is true. God is the only way for us to get happiness. And I just love God and love God first. Even if I make, I make mistakes, but I love God first. If I make a million a year, I will spend much more of my money to spread the kingdom of God, help and love others who are in need, and that, to do that in a way to store up treasures in heaven, not this world. So again, if I spend $1,000 on like a Gucci purse, I don't know why I would buy that, but <laughs> you guys get the point. That's a selfish gain. I, I'm, I'm not, nothing against Gucci. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not telling you what not to buy and, and what to buy. But I'm saying, for example, if I buy that bag for myself instead of investing it in something else, that may have either spread the kingdom of God or helped someone in need that really needed it, right? I didn't need that Gucci bag, but they needed that for food. For me to, you know, invest in that bag, I'm storing up treasures on earth, whereas if I invested in that person and done things in the way that Christ would have wanted me to do, I'm storing up treasures in heaven, and that cannot be taken away from me. Now, um, one thing I, I also want to say right there, I don't think this is meant as a passage to be like, to be like, oh, store up yourselves treasures in heaven, like in a selfish way, like, come on, you want as much treasure as possible in heaven. I don't think like that. I think you're still not getting the point. <laughs> so um, it's just that it's a better treasure to store up than the one of this world because it is eternal. So I hope you guys, hopefully that makes sense to you guys. Um, but yeah, let's keep going. I want to ramble. So then if God, you know, again, God takes care of our base, our basic needs at the basic level. And I think he does that. And I think, I know he does that because he wants us to have the freedom to overflow any additional blessings we have to others. So if he takes care of our basic needs, let's say food, water, and, and a place to live, and I have an extra 500 bucks on me and someone needs that for their rent, and, you know, and if without that money, let's say, they may not be able to pay their rent and have a place to stay. They're in a, less, they're in a lower position in me um, on the basic level. Well, that 500 bucks that's extra, that should go to them because they need that. Right? I already have myself taken care of. I've got my rent covered. I've got my food. I'm taken care of. Let this money go to someone else who needs it. And that, that way we can overflow those blessings. Now, as, as we look at the Western world and you know, the, the kind of the first world situation, I think a lot of us can, can really obviously understand we have a lot of blessings that are commonplace for us that are not common for others. And it's crazy, guys. I mean, I had this one time on Facebook, this, this amazing gentleman um, Suresh, shout out, shout out to Suresh. <laughs> he, he, we chatted on Facebook. He, he was bringing up the ministry of God, and, but he 
video called me and he wanted to meet me and I, and I met his family and he's in India. And, you know, for him, he was in um, a different position than I was. He was in, you know, a, a smaller room with his full family. The, the, the bedding and, and the mattress was pretty small and they all kind of they shared the room together and they didn't have the same luxuries I have, you know, in my own apartment. And it made me really like just see like, you know, wow, you've got people on other sides of the world, but even and even in your own town, let's say that that just live in a different, you know, place than you that they live in a, at a different level than you. Um, and, and their basics are covered. But again, like, it's just it's different, right? I take for granted a lot of things that if I didn't have them, let's say like all of a sudden, oh, I can't get food wherever I want, or I can't sleep in a warm bed, or I can't have my space, you know, like, you know, to work on my business. But it's just all these things I, I think are like, I are just like common that really are massive blessings that I need to appreciate more every day. And we have a lot of these blessings that we, we potentially don't need and also can even be a harm to us. And I think we put a lot of weight on them and we idolize them and that's where the danger is. So if you're trying to say, if you're making a decision like, hey, you know, Joe, I want to give my blessings to others. I want to help others, but that would get rid of my blessing that I want. And again, I like my blessings, right? I'm an American, right? I'm like, oh, I like my blessings. I don't want to get rid of them. And I think we all face this. It's, it's like, you know, I like where my life is. I like the things I have. I don't want to get rid of them. We all faced it um, at least a billion times a day and I, and I face it still. And so when that comes up and we, we start to kind of put weight on the blessings, like, oh, like I could invest in the church, but I really want to save up for this like nice watch I want to buy, right? When these thoughts come into our head where the, the possessions and materialism, the things we want in the world seem to start overturning and start to being at a higher level than that of God and God's kingdom, I, I think Philippians 3 can help us, right? So Philippians 3, let's just read it. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So to sum it up, the possessions of this world are worth nothing in comparison to Jesus. Now, does that mean that the possessions you have are actually worth nothing right now? No, it's not. God gives us common blessing every day. The fact that I'm sitting in this chair right now, talking into a physical device that records my voice so other people can listen, that's insane. That's a blessing, right? That's not, it has value. But if I start comparing this microphone I'm talking into to Jesus Christ, right? If there's a comparison there, it's not even a competition. It's worth nothing. It's garbage. It's heap on a pile in comparison to the surpassing value of not only knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, but having eternal life with him, right? So that is what it means. In comparison to Jesus, these things are nothing. So again, as kind of another example I want, I want to share that I think would help us, you know, understand this more. Let's say someone is in need of $500 to help fund their church service in India. And this will help spread the word of God to others and potentially save their lives because again, they haven't, they haven't heard the word of God yet, right? And this is also assuming this person is legitimate and what I'm saying is true and that it'll actually help the church, right? There's, there's sketchy people out there. I know. I'm just saying in this example, they're legit. You may say in your head, but for $500, I could buy a sick iPad, right? <laughs> or some, some stupid other, you know, first world thing that, although it was great and although it can be a blessing, I could do that instead of helping this person. But then you have to ask, you know, what is more valuable then? Is it the first thing, which is planting a seed for someone at that church that, again, may ignite later into a, a zealous person who just yearns for God's truth and is just, you know, full of the Holy Spirit and, and whose life is saved forever just by that one donation you made? Or is it playing video games on your iPad for one year until the new one comes out? What What is worth more? And you have to have this method, uh, this um, mindset of looking at the big picture here, the grand scheme of things. And I, I, I'm not, <clears throat> this is nothing to, 
before we get too far here, I'm not saying that every dollar we make ends up going to ministry, helping others and all that. That's an extremist view. I don't support that's, that's, we would just, we'd be poor, obviously, right? We wouldn't be able to help God's kingdom because we are, we'd be poor if we did that for so long, right? So that, that's not what I'm saying. However, when we are given the opportunity, right? When the opportunity arises that allows us to glorify God with our money or, or our time, resources, whatever it is, and we know we'll be taken care of, right? Because remember that passage of Matthew, right? Our basic needs will be taken care of. But we decide instead to use that money for selfish gain. We may have an idol on our hands, right? So again, in my example, you could afford to buy an iPad for fun. Think about that. That's for fun. That's not, that's a selfish gain on your part. It's not that buying iPads are bad. Not what I'm saying. But you could, like, and here's the thing. You can buy the iPad. I don't care about your iPad, right? <laughs> you can spend 500 bucks on the iPad. But I would also spend 500 bucks on that ministry, I wouldn't not spend 500 bucks on the ministry so you can spend 500 bucks on the iPad. You see what I'm saying? It's when we have that opportunity. These don't happen. It's not like it's going to happen every minute of the day. This may not happen. These little things that come up, these decisions you make. But when the decision, when it comes time to make the decision, choose the kingdom of God. So for having treasures in heaven, not of, that, of this world, right? That's what I'm trying to say. So, you know, in this case, the ideal response after hearing, hey, I need 500 bucks for my church, it would help all these people, or do I buy something selfish like an iPad? The response in this case should be, 500 bucks? Of course, brother. This money has been given to me to steward from God, and I see no better use at this current time than to use it for your ministry. So basically, you know, 500 bucks, who cares? Will God not take care of me and my family? So Again, like, and, and this is a, this is a random number. Some of you may need five hundred dollars for your rent. I'm not. Don't worry about the number. But whatever that that dollar figure is, let's say in this example, God's going to take care of my basic needs. It's not my money. It's God's money. I have it. I, I'm here to steward it. And part of that stewarding will be like my basic needs. Obviously, that's that's how He <laughs> gives me my basic needs, of course. But for that money, again, if I lose that money, it's not that I'll, I'm doing it to get money back, but it's just that if there's no worry that I will not be taken care of if I get rid of that money to someone else who then needs it for their ministry. 500 bucks, it's just, like money, is, it's not a big deal. A lot, we just, what I'm trying to say is, I think we put a big deal on money. Like when we lose it, oh no, I don't have enough money. What now? What do you mean what now? Has God, your heavenly father, left you? He's there with you. Every second of the day, he counts the hairs on your head. I mean, this is your heavenly father, guys. He knows what you need. He'll take care of you. Don't worry. And again, it's going to come down to discernment of wisdom, what that dollar amount you think you're comfortable with. It's not, I'm not just saying go throw all your money away, but think of it as if money is just this, it's just this thing. It's just this thing you have. Like just, it's like my computer, right? My computer I'm, I'm, I'm recording this on. If my computer just exploded right now, it's okay. I'll try to find, hopefully I can afford another one, right? Let's say, in this case, if I couldn't, I'd find another way to, to try to, you know, spread the word of God in some other way. But it's just a computer, right? But God, God and what he wants from me, his will, that is what's important. And if God wants me to spend money on something that's going to sow something for someone else, especially to spread the kingdom of God, I'm spending money on that. Without a doubt, I have to. Because it's just, it's just, that's all I'm, I'm here for is to, is to, you know, to fulfill God's will and to steward his money wisely. Um, and again, I want to also clear one thing. You know, I, I'm also not saying by these passages we've heard and, and, and what I'm talking about, I don't think this means we'll be given more money because I give, right? This is, this is not one of those podcasts, guys. <laughs> so don't, hopefully you're not listening because of that. Uh, I am not a money-grubbing preacher. Um, that's not what that means. I think the guarantee we have for our basic needs allows us not to worry, right? So 
it's not I'm going to put 500 bucks in to get a nice investment back and have a thousand bucks tomorrow because I put that 500 bucks in. It's not an investment like that. It's just this freedom, this ticket not to worry when I give that 500 bucks because next month I will eat and I will drink and I will have a warm place to live. That is what that is that means. That's what the essence of Jesus' words in this in this context. So again, I want I want to just sum it up, you know, for, for all the things we talked about so far. So the first thing, guys, do not worry about your basic needs. God will take care of you. So just God's got you. Like I think a lot of us, we think sometimes God is silent or he's just not, he's not listening to our prayer or that it's all up to us to physically make all these things happen. Like I, guys, I, I run a business. There are, I mean, there's 200 variables a day that run through this business that I don't control. There's just no way I can, right? There's prospects making decisions to close. There's prospects that are trying to see if I'm legitimate. There's clients that are trying to get better results. It's not, I don't control all of it. I'm, I'm not, because I'm not God. That's God does all these things. I'm just here trying to fulfill my purpose for God, right? So I don't need to worry about micromanaging the universe. And I don't need to worry about how that's going to get me my basic needs. I just have to worry about doing God's will and seeking his kingdom first. And all of those basic things will be taken care of for me. So that's the first thing. The second thing, love God and put your motives on him to store up treasures in heaven, not of this world. So again, if our happiness is in God, our joy is in Christ, in the eternal life to come with Jesus, and our motives are on that, all the things we we use our money for, the things we spend our money on, are going to be to store up treasures in heaven. That's our priority, not of this world. So instead of making myself look good and spending all this money, all this you know earthly possessions and worshiping materialism, I'm worshiping the living God. And by doing that, I can help spread His kingdom. I can plant seeds in people. And I can spread the you know the word of God to others. And then finally, when we're struggling with that thought of like, hey, you know, I have blessings or I have some blessings I want to buy or I have some, you know, I have these things I want, materialism, and I don't want to give up those blessings, right? Remember that all things of this world in comparison to Christ are absolute rubbish. And again, this is like, I I I really wish I got the verse up there. I forgot the exact one. Um, But there was the story of the young rich ruler. And I'm just going to, I'll summarize it for you guys. Essentially, the young rich ruler thinks he has, you know, the righteousness to, to, to go into heaven, right? He, he says, what, what shall I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, well, follow the commandments, right? And he says, I have followed the commandments, right? He, he just says, I, I have followed the commandments, uh, you know, good teacher. What, what, what else is there, right? And Jesus says, all right, well, I, obviously, he, Jesus knows he's, he's not, he, he hasn't fulfilled all these commandments. He's a human. We all sin. But Jesus says this amazing thing, and he says, sell your possessions, give it to the poor, and follow me. And this gets taken out of context, but in context of this verse, Jesus is trying to say, give up everything for me. Put me first. And when the young ruler, and again, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing, guys. This is not the exact verse. I'm, but when the young ruler heard this, he was very sad, and he walked away kind of somber. And the reason he was was because he loved his earthly possessions. He loved his, his blessings and his riches. And it, it was a stumbling block for him. And I think it's a stumbling block for a lot of us. And that's, again, this is where... The words in Philippians, those words, I mean, if he understood that correctly, he would know that, of course, I'm going to, it's not that Christ calls us all to sell everything, but for this particular person, he has to be willing to sell everything to follow Christ. And I think we have to do, we have to do that as well. And when we're struggling with that, just remember that if God calls us to sell everything or, or we're, we're going to lose something for God, for Jesus Christ, we're obviously going to do it. 
Because everything else in comparison to having a relationship with Jesus Christ is absolute trash. So guys, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and we will see you in the next one. Thank you for listening, guys. If you want to learn more about how to run a godly business in the center of our fallen world, I'm going to try my best to help you out. So keep listening to our other episodes and I'll see you there. Thank you.